Why, hello everyone. I'm Ashley. Hey, what's good, y'all? I'm Elston. And welcome to our podcast, Speaking, Speaking Our, our language. language. That was good. That was, that was, <laughs> that was nice. That was nice. But yo, Ash, tell them about the podcast. Okay, so we created this generational podcast to focus on uplifting Black culture, building community, and honestly, creating a space for young people in their 20s to figure out life together. So with that said, let's just hop into the episode. Okay, let's do it. All right, Elson. So how are you? You know, we have to start every episode with a check-in. So tell the people, how are you doing? How's your week been? It's been cool. I've been chilling. Um, what can I say? I was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I have a lot of like projects and things to get finished. And one of my intentions for this spring is to be consistent. So I'm really trying to focus on not just uh, taking this anxiety and starting a new project and being creative in another space. I'm trying to make sure that I focus and drill down and, and complete the tasks that I've given myself. So I think that I've been doing pretty okay. I've been in like a pretty creative headspace. I had a crazy dream this morning about like an earthquake in New York. So that was real interesting. But um, besides that, yeah, that's, that's I've kind of been chilling. I've been cool just trying to be consistent. How about yourself? That's so dope. I've been good. I am back home still in the Bay Area. And like this weekend, I got to spend time with like my mom and my dad. And it was just a really chill weekend. It's starting to get nice outside. So I'm going to go hiking and just been like exercising and walking and just taking a lot of time to myself. Also, my parents have a hammock, which has become my best friend to <laughs> just sit and relax in the backyard. So yeah mm-hmm that's lit yeah and i took a bubble bath last night and let me tell y'all <laughs> like that was beautiful i don't it's been a bubble minute bath. and i forgot my mom has like the little tray that you can put and just have like your wine glass and like your music going and i was journaling it was just a real just beautiful moment so i can't complain i am doing well i love that for you that seems like a very lavish life as you would say you know what i'm saying like something made for you <laughs> Custom made for you, an experience made exactly for you. But <laughs> you know, you, I'm actually—it's it's wild though. Like our investing yourself, banging yourself series. Like we're on our third guest. Like it seems yes. like it's moving so fast. Like we keep talking to new, dope, black entrepreneurs and just creatives each week. And this week is basically, you know, what I'm saying, unlike any other, we're about to talk to beauty guru Alamade Aloe. Like she's here with us. She can tell us a little bit about. Just who she is, what she does, and Alameda, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Alameda. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Topicals. We make skincare for chronic skin conditions. Um, we launched right in the middle of the pandemic last year and uh, launched in partnership with Nordstrom. And we had a really awesome run so far. We sold out in 48 hours at pretty much any retailer we've launched at. We're now at Sephora and um, we're excited to keep centering stories from unheard customers, like people with chronic skin conditions, like eczema and hyperpigmentation, and also uh, people of color. Um, we make sure that all of our products are created with skin of color in mind to make sure that every single ingredient and product that we put out um, is safe and effective. That was beautiful. I love wow. that. I think one thing I think is so interesting is as I started like researching topicals, understanding that it is. Wait, wait, we forgot to do her oh, check in. Oh, her check in. We got to see how sure. she's doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, I keep taking it away. I'm always like, okay, I'm excited to talk about topicals, but nah, please. Well, I'm going to check in with us. Tell us how you're feeling, what you've been up to. You know what I'm saying? Give us like where you at. 
Yeah, I'm feeling good now. I won't lie. The last couple of months were hard because there was a lot of things we were working on, but I am actually currently still on vacation, kind of coming back soon um, from Hawaii. Um, It's been really fun being here. I think the like being in nature has been really great. Just being able to reset and be with some friends who keep me laughing 24 seven. But yeah, no, I'm good. I'm in, in a good headspace. I yeah, I had to take a break for a while, though. And my friends and my family and my team are always pushing me to take care of myself and actually like take breaks. And so it was good to actually get one in. I love to hear that. No, look, topicals in a tropical location. In terms of your super hardworking, um, I think it's great that you're talking about being on vacation. How important is it to you to stop and take breaks. And as we talk to other guests, like how important is it to keep, to stay grounded in the midst of all the work that you're doing? So it's really important, but I don't think I do a really good job of it to be really transparent. Like I'm definitely a workaholic and I just go, go, go. But I am starting to kind of force myself and just like build rest time into every month or every week. Like I think something that someone said to me, I can't remember who that I'm trying to live by is like, you don't need to wait until you need a vacation to take a vacation. Like you can build in moments of rest throughout your day, week, month, year. doesn't have to be till you get to your breaking point. Just like with therapy, you don't go to therapy just because something is wrong. You go to therapy so that you never have to get to that low point. Look at you dropping gems within the first 10 minutes of the episode. Yes. (laughs) Seriously, we are so deserving of breaks and rest and to not feel guilty for doing those things because we know that without those things, we will have burnout and we will be too exhausted to, you know, truly put our best foot forward. So kudos to you for taking your time to really get realigned with yourself. And that then leads me to jump a little bit back after hearing your intro. I know that you talked about, you know, the purpose behind the brand, but I did want to kind of better understand or have our audience understand, you know, when you knew that you wanted to start the brand or that when the thought first came to your mind, if you don't mind sharing. I started Topicals because I have always been in love with skincare because I grew up with a ton of chronic skin conditions. Um, And luckily for me, whether intentional or not, my life trajectory has kind of led me here. So I went to UCLA and was really fortunate to co-create a beauty brand in partnership with Shea Moisture. Spent about two years in undergrad, so from my sophomore year to my junior year, working on this brand called Shea Girl, which was basically like um, Shea Moisture, but for like younger women. So we did a lot of content, we created products that were geared towards you know puberty, aged young women, and I learned so much about building a brand for underserved consumers. I don't think people give Shea Moisture enough credit for kind of how they really popularized natural hair and like what it took on the business side, on the marketing side, on the community side to make that happen. And being up and close to it, I was able to learn so much. And while I was in undergrad also, I was pre-med. I wanted to become a dermatologist. So I was studying like bio and chem. And so once I graduated from college, uh, topicals seemed to just be like an amalgamation of all the things I had been working on. And I thought, you know, with what I learned at Chain Moisture and with like my personal experiences dealing with chronic skin conditions, like ingrown hairs and boils, like it'd be really cool to start a brand that focused on a lot of the skin conditions that the beauty industry wasn't typically talking about. I think that's so dope because when I was researching topicals, 
I was looking at it, okay, cool, skincare brand. But I think then I started to look deeper and it was like, oh, this is really to make fun and an exciting new like representation for those who are dealing with sensitive skin and definitely chronic skin issues. I think that's like a particular part that we don't see a lot. I know that like, especially with skin, it can get very, it's very near and dear to us. And it's very important that, you know, if you are suffering, you don't have like the typical skin for beauty brands that they're trying to help out. I think it's really important that there's a space and a place where we can go to be able to find those products. Cause like myself also growing up, I dealt with a lot of like acne and then like eczema. So I think that that's really cool. And also to have like fun marketing around that as well. I think that also really helps you to connect with the consumer. TBH, that was like my big insight around the brand. Like, I think that there are so many skincare brands, so it's really hard for anyone to say they're being super innovative in the industry. And for me, I was like, how do we tell stories that haven't been heard before? I think if you're really building a brand for this day and age, you're really building a media company and then you, you know, sell something as attached to that media company that like that community really resonates with. But I think like every company is really a media company. And so for us, our media and our message is really all about what we call funner flare-ups, which is less painful, less frequent flare-ups because anyone with a chronic skin condition knows that it's not curable, but you can find products that help you manage. And so while we understood that we couldn't ever cure someone's skin, we knew that we could you know, create products that had effective ingredients in it. And then we could also turn the story from being more shameful and stigma and make it fun and just you know, cool to be a part of. And I think that that's where we've seen a lot of our success is talking about skin conditions in a way that doesn't feel like there's something wrong with me and more like it just, it is what it is. Not facts. And that's, that's honestly what it is, is like accepting who you are and what comes with that and not being afraid to, to say like, oh, this is like who I am and also show that off. I think that's also a really big part of it too. No, I completely agree, Elston. Everyone should be able to own the skin they're in and show it off proudly and to be surrounded by people that empower you to do that and support you. And also, you know, find community and connection with people who are dealing with the same things. And I that's what I love about your guys' brand is that you guys are showing real people with real issues and not trying to put on a facade that, you know, we can cure everything. But it's like, no, this is something that you may have been born with. Um, and that's okay. And we are here to help in the best way possible alongside empowering you to walk confidently in who you are. So super, super dope that you guys, you know, prioritize showing real people. I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but there's a really big link between skin health and mental health and people with chronic skin conditions mm. are actually two to six times more likely to experience depression and anxiety. And so for us, that's why we built it into the core and the foundation of the brand is this idea that even if you get products that work, I think there's still like a mental side to having a skin condition, whether it's like the actual, oh, my physical appearance isn't what other people expect it to be, or just the side of like, you know, if you have eczema itching, can be so like it can be super distracting right if you itch and itch and itch until you bleed or until like your skin is raw i think a lot of people think about beauty just as like superficial but i think for us we think also about the fact that people are dealing with something that can be very painful and elson i know you were talking about having eczema it's like i'm sure growing up sometimes it's so hard to focus or to wear certain things or to go to certain places because you know your skin is going to flare up honestly on that note I was going to say, when um, we said something earlier about the pain of it all, 
And I was like, no, the, also the pain behind sometimes having like chronic skin conditions is that the, the pain is more than just like skin deep. So like, you know, there's the pain of like the physical pain, but also like you're saying too, that societal understanding, like people are, are going to look at you. Am I going to be accepted? Having to constantly think about how you're going to be perceived. That's also like very real. I think for me, ironically enough, like when I was a baby, I had a really, really bad eczema. Like when my parents would put like um, socks over my hands, I was scratching myself way too much. Like they'd be praying for me every single night. So yeah, growing up, was very rough during that time. You love the power of prayer. <laughs> no, really. Like, no, they tell me all the time because, like, now I don't suffer from eczema, which is, like, so interesting. They're like, oh, like, every time I go to my family, like, yo, I don't understand, like, how you have no eczema because you had it so bad growing up as a baby. Like, my face would, like, swell up. People, like, really couldn't kiss my cheeks and stuff. Like, it was just really, really bad. I see baby pictures. And I'm like, whoa, that was me. So, like, I think definitely understanding, like, how I felt even then, like, kind of, like, a little bit growing up or how, like, I was already being perceived and being told that. Um, I can understand how that can translate now to just being understanding about how skin conditions can affect you mentally because, you know, it affects your self-esteem. So I think the work you're doing is totally amazing for sure. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate you guys so much. I had a question too about the, since you're talking about aesthetics, I like the retro aesthetic of topicals. Like where did that come from? I know you're talking about being innovative. Like where did the ideas to have it be more retro come from? I think when you go into what I call the ointment aisle, which is like the aisle where most of us with chronic skin conditions shopped. So like if you went to a store, like let's say you went to Target or CVS, like there's this really big separation that I don't think a lot of people consciously understand is happening. But like me as someone who really loves e-commerce and retail and branding, really understood. So one was like you could go to the beauty skincare aisle where you could get stuff for like acne or for oily skin or, you know, anti-aging. And then there was this separate other aisle where it was more about like ointments and like athlete's foot and like these other conditions that were more stigmatized. And what a lot of people don't know is that acne used to be just like that. Like acne used to be one of those conditions that people didn't really talk about. And you could either only get products at your dermatologist or in this ointment aisle until certain brands were like, acne is actually really normal. Like we should bring this into the beauty skincare aisle and put like branding on it and put like better messaging around it. And when I saw that happening to acne and I started to study that, I was like, we could totally do this for other skin conditions and make this ointment aisle a lot more inclusive and more fun than it currently is. If you think about Elston, like a lot of your maybe steroid tubes you were using if you got some from the doctor or even like products that you would typically get in that aisle, they're very black and white. Like there's not a lot of color. There's no funky. They're all white and they have Super. a little metal tube thing at the top. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I thought about that experience and I was like, it would be really cool to have a brand that people were excited to kind of showcase on their vanity versus hiding it under the sink. It's so funny when you talk to so many people who have chronic skin conditions, they talk about like, oh, they put those products for their chronic skin condition are always like under the sink, whether it's like a dandruff shampoo or it's like an ointment for, you know, their rash. But then all their other skincare, they would have it like, you know, they'd be showing it on Instagram. So for me, I was like, I want to create a brand that people actually want to showcase and share with other people. Um, and then I think for the retro part of it, it really was the fact that, I mean, I was born in 96. So I think growing up, puberty is a really awkward time for us. And for me, I'm very fortunate to have grown up in the 2000s. And so I took a lot of that like 2000s and just like nostalgic feel and put that Got in the branding you. because I feel like 
that is the time really when people are buying these ointments because you're in middle school and you know the, the pimples are showing up, all these different things are showing up. And so I kind of wanted to reclaim a time where we used to feel really embarrassed and now make it something that was almost like forward looking. That is so dope. Honestly, yo, let me tell y'all, like, the first time I met Alameda, we were on the Afro-grad staff at UCLA. Like the black students come together to make the graduation. And she, I just knew, we used to like, everyone just knew like Alameda from the start. Like she is going very far. Like when she would come to the meetings, how she would just speak and she was always honest. I'm not surprised that you did all this homework to figure out this is exactly where you want to go. Because it's time even thinking that topicals is honestly really just revolutionizing the experience of living with a chronic like skin condition. Because I feel like something like so small, you just said, like, and I'm thinking about like, if a girl or a guy has to go to like a sleepover at a friend's house, you know what I'm saying? You might feel a little bit more confident just simply with having a tube of ointment that looks a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. So yeah. that doesn't make you feel bad about having to pull it out and have to put it on your face. Like just small things like that make you just feel more comfortable. So yeah, like, wow. It really goes really deep, honestly. Yeah, I'm thinking about it really how does. far it goes. I have an obsessive personality. I tell people this all the time. That's why I try to like stick to certain things. And like, if I'm going to jump into something, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole because my mom growing up used to always say, and I'm Nigerian. So my mom is very, very like Nigerian. I'm first gen. Um, and she would always say like, whatever's worth doing is worth doing well. And she would always just say like, you need to like know the thing. Like you need to be the best well-read in that specific category so that like no one can take anything away from you. And I feel like for this experience and for any other future businesses I have, I always make it a point to like go really deep into who is the customer, what is their psychographic, what's the demographic, like what is their experience, not just like with that condition or with that problem that they're having, but like what are some other things in their life that they're using around this product or around this like problem. And I think for the best brands, that's what they do. Like that's what the best brands do is like they create products or solutions or services that really go deep into the core of why people are experiencing a problem. You look at like a ton of different brands. Like if you really look at the brands that are successful and not just the ones that are like here today and gone tomorrow, they are always, and not just like they study one time, like they're always studying their customer. So the main takeaway I got from that was always staying in a state of learning, which is so, so important that people don't always talk about is that no matter how big your brand gets or how many, you know, how big your audience grows or how much you sell out, there's always more to be learned and people are constantly changing. So your brand, your messaging, your product should always be in a state of like, you know, adapting and evolving. So super important um, element that people, I hope they take away from. So cool and happy that you said that. And with that, since you do, you know, prioritize being intentional and investing in yourself and you know finding new ways to be the best business owner um, that you can be what would be you know maybe three pieces of advice if you can name three that you would share with someone who's looking to start a business or you know is in the early stages of their business let's see if i can think of three off the top of my head i'll kind of I won't, I won't start saying i'll do three but i'll just start talking see and see comes. what comes out. <laughs> so the first one I tell people who are starting businesses is to um, create a community around whatever you're trying to do. And we're seeing this a lot with celebrities who are now launching brands based off of like what their personal brand is because they've built a community and an audience and you never want to sell to no one, right? So you want to sell to somebody. And so I think the first thing is whatever you're passionate about, you want to make sure that you 
create a community and community means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So community can be, you know, creating resources or help for this particular community, or it could mean creating content that just resonates with them. So content can be anything. Content can be you have an Instagram page and you like cars and you post about car parts or you post about different things like that. Or it can be that you have a TikTok uh, account and you do history, Black history, um, in a really cool way. But I think the the number one thing people always think is they need money as the first thing. But really what you need is to build that community so that when you launch the product, you've already, one, been able to speak to that community and get insight from them to make your product better. And two, you actually have customers who want to buy your product as soon as it launches. So I'd say that's the first thing is just build a community, whatever community means to you, whether that's actually improving people's lives by creating something or by creating content that resonates with them. I think the second thing is related to the first point, but it's going really deep into who that community is. Like I mentioned earlier, what do they like to eat? Where do they like to hang out? Where are their friends hanging out? Where do they find out about, you know, the particular topic you're talking about? Um, what is their income range? Like, can they afford to buy a product that's $80 or does it need to be something more like $20? Where does this customer already using? Like, what are the competitors for your potential product? Are they makeshifting um, a solution to this problem or is there some other thing that they're using instead of what your product is? And if they are, why is that product the product that they're using? And what are the problems that they're having with that product that maybe you can tack on as benefits to your product? So that's the second thing. And then I think the third thing is to be really empathetic when you're building this. I think so many people are in this, um, especially in our day and age, right, where it's kind of like hustle, hustle culture of like, what can I get out of you? This person's going to do this for me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like being strategic and aligning with people that you know are on the same upward trajectory as you. But I think people always say, be as nice as you are to like the janitor as the CEO. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the people that you kind of brush off or you don't talk to can end up being your boss in the future or can end up being that person that can connect you to a partner that you really want. Um, And if you treated them badly as they were coming up or you acted like they weren't important, that can really come back to bite you. So I think it's really important to make good relationships. And I try my best to do this, but it it can be kind of hard, but like even checking in with people and not just checking in when you need something, but checking in like, Hey, I haven't heard from you for a while. How are you doing? Can I help you with something? Cause you would be surprised at how much your network can also influence your net worth. Okay. That like, nah, you really went in. Like those are actually great pieces of advice. I think anyone just starting to, like you said, build a business or even just trying to become an entrepreneur. But honestly, there's just like of how to be a good person. Like those are just great tidbits, you know, to, to continue that on. I think also one thing I want to know is like how that mindset and those juice you just dropped, like the understanding of that, how did that lead you to kind of build your team at Topicals? Like understanding like, okay, um, wanting to work with people who are on the same upward trajectory. Um, how did that kind of lead you? Cause I know I follow your, uh, esthetician on Twitter. I didn't even realize I looked and I was like, Oh, Topicals. I was like, Oh, that's lit. Um, so just like, could you give us some insight into how you started to build your team out or how the team for Topicals came to be? So if you take those three things that I said and you kind of look for those criteria, those characteristics and the people that you hire or surround yourself with, you'll be really surprised at how quickly things can start to move forward for you. So the first thing is like, I talked about community building. So Lily, who I absolutely adore and love, she's our head of education. Uh, she is an esthetician that has created community on Twitter 
um, that is now called nice. Skincare Twitter, uh, where she gives out advice about skin conditions, about ingredients, about products. And when I first came across her, um, I was really excited because she was teaching science in a very accessible way. Accessibility is really a big part of what we believe at Topicals. We believe products, good products, effective products, safe products should be accessible to everybody. And she was talking about things like that and talking about science in a way that made sense, especially for skin of color. So that was the first thing, right? She already hit the community. And then the second thing I mentioned was knowing your customer or knowing your community. Lily does a really good job of doing polls, using like different social media tactics to really understand who is following her and understanding like, what are the best days to post? Um, what is the type of content that my audience is looking to receive or to hear about? You know, how do I set my business up to, in, in her head, she was thinking, how do I set my business up to serve the customer and, you know, do exchange services that they need for, you know, compensation, but knowing how to like create the products that would actually sell. And then the third thing I mentioned was like relationships. Lily is like the sweetest person ever. She's always trying to help people, um, whether she knows you or not. She's always giving money away to her followers just to like help them out, like someone to get groceries for the weekend or even with other influencers, she's not someone who wants to steal the shine. She wants to make sure that other people can get on just as much as she's got on. And she's always you know, putting me up for stuff and putting other estheticians, even though they're, you would think there'd be competition, she doesn't see it like that. And I think those three things I mentioned is how I also used to hire or partner with people. Like if you don't have those three things in your mind as you're doing anything, whether it's like personal, professional, then maybe we aren't going to really mesh because I'm that intentional. And some people may find me and topicals like a little too detail oriented about how we think about the customer. But I think it's really important to keep hiring people like that. And I think another thing that we've done a lot of topicals is actually hiring people with skin conditions. Like you'd be surprised at who works at these skincare companies. They have no skin conditions. They don't use the products from the company they work at. And then they're supposed to be the ones developing the product. Like make it make sense because it does. The math ain't math. <laughs> I'm crying. Nah, yo, shout out Lily. First off, I'm already on Twitter and she just tweeted, honestly, like 45 minutes ago. Today should be a national skin holiday. Skin Wins Acne Clinic is finally accepting new clients. See you all in May, which is actually great news to me because me and my best friend were trying to get facials at the clinic and I was like, yo, they're not taking new clients, but now that they are, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? It's something about the alignment that you're here talking to, talking to us and now, you know what I'm saying? She's taking new clients. Like, we about to get the skin right for all the viewers, you know what I'm saying, listeners who are in New York, make sure to hit them up, make sure to use topicals. But yeah, that was great to talk about team building for sure. Don't worry, I got you. Text me after this and I will definitely be like, Lily, slide them in. Because I, I actually oh. was there, I went to New York for like a little bit, for like a couple of days and went. And it's so pretty, like the, it's so nice. You, no, it looks amazing. It. I'm, it's lit, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come through facials. And also shout out Lily, as you guys are talking, I just followed her because she seems like an amazing person who really is intentional about using their craft to make a lasting impact. So super, super dope. Also, as you were talking, I really resonated when you said, you know, as you were just scrolling and you came across her, you were really excited, just naturally excited about, you know, her craft, what she does. And I think that really speaks volumes to, you know, creating and creating a dynamic 
creating a dynamic team because I felt the same way when I met Elston. You know, it was like New Year's Eve. We were all like, it was the first time like meeting and just instantly like as he was talking, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really excited and like, you know, gravitating to this person. Like this person is going to, we could do phenomenal work together. So I think that is really important, you know, on top of, you know, finding people who are a part of that community who you know empower that community that have you know certain skill sets it's also really important to just look within yourself and be like who do I naturally gravitate towards and could I see myself working with this person long term like those are important questions to ask yourself because the way in which you invest in your team is also how you invest in your business and how you invest in yourself so that then you know leads me to ask would you consider yourself a risk taker and what would you say the biggest risk was that you have taken for your business i am such a risk taker um i'm just like my dad my dad is such a risk taker too like i will quit everything and go do something else like i will even topicals like i love topicals but like i have interests elsewhere and like i'm excited to explore those interests um obviously having to focus on this one first because it's a lot of work but Um, I'm definitely a risk taker. Like, I don't think this will be the only business I start. And I have a big appetite for risk for some reason. I really um, like it. Uh, I think I grew up in high pressure um, situations because I ran track competitively all the way up until college. So I've done well under pressure. I think that the biggest risk I ever took was actually right after graduation from UCLA. I had signed a consulting offer from one of the big consulting firms and I tried really hard. Like it was a lot of work to get that offer. And literally the day before I was supposed to start, the day before, which again, I didn't do this on purpose. Like, oh, I'm gonna just wait until the last day and then tell them I'm not coming. But I started working on topicals. Like I started working on topicals seriously and was talking to investors at the time and was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go do this thing. Like hadn't even got an investor to say yes yet. I was just like, I can feel it in my gut that this is gonna be the thing and I'm gonna do this thing. And yeah, I quit the offer. It was like close to six figures coming right out of college. And I told my parents and my mom was like, what? Like, you know, again, Nigerian mom. I had already let her down once because I told her I wasn't going to go to med school right away. And now (laughs) I was telling her that this like six figure job, I wasn't going to take it. And so she was like, oh my gosh, like why I work that hard just to like not take this? She's like, are you sure you just can't do both at the same time? And my dad, obviously a risk taker, was like, you'll figure it out. Like, you'll I know you'll you'll figure it out if this is what you want to do you'll you'll do the thing and I think for me I I really wanted to be all in because I think you got to be desperate sometimes and I think a lot of people the gram makes everyone seem like even the hustle is glamorous but it's not and I think you have to be desperate you have to be isolated and focused on something because I think there's so many things especially in this age of social media that can distract you from doing whatever it is that you want to do or you know seeing somebody else and feeling like oh maybe I can't do that So I knew that I needed to be like super focused, super isolated to be able to execute on what I wanted to do. And I'm really excited because some people work like five, 10, 15 years before they get to the level we're at. And I'm really excited that God is faithful that, you know, in two years we've been able to do what we have and we're just getting started. So I think being down for a little bit, being quiet is really good. I really agree with that. Just being a risk taker, you kind of have to just have to do it. You can't think too much about it. I think also there's a pressure after graduating from, you know, certain institutions and just from college in general, it's like, what do I do next? And everyone's, of course, you like security. We want to look for that next thing that's going to, you know, provide 
a stable income so we can do what we want to do, but definitely having the courage to be like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do something totally different and go in this direction. My question to you is, I know you said that you were, I know this from even being on AfroGrad with you, your partnership with Shea Moisture, but what investments in yourself led you to feel self-assured to make that risk? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, okay, I can take that risk, but I also know that you invested in yourself to be prepared for that moment, to be like, you know what? I'm going to go this direction. I think you have to say yes to things that you may be not ready for. So with the Shea Moisture thing, I had never run a brand before. I was 19 years old. Like, what did I know about creating products or creating experiences that resonated with people? But I, one was like, I'm hardworking and I can study. So even if I don't know it now, I can like crash course this and learn it and figure out what was going to happen. And obviously you don't know the future when you're taking these opportunities, but had I not taken the Shea Moisture opportunity, I don't think I would have understood how to build a business so quickly that resonated with customers. So I think that you have to say yes to things that you're not ready for. Shonda Rhimes has a book called Year of Yes. And while I haven't read it, I've like heard snippets of it. And it really is just about deciding. Like, I think I love when people say like having the audacity to do something. There's so many people who, um, don't even have the audacity to like believe in themselves. And I think any company or any idea at one point that is now the status quo was at one point a new idea. I think so many people allow all these boundaries to kind of get laid on us and these boundaries that don't really exist. And so I think for me, it's just having the audacity, but then also making sure you can back your stuff up by being well-read. Like don't be the loudest person in the room if you actually don't know what you're talking about. But make sure you go into rooms that maybe you're not the smartest person in because you will learn from the people who are in those rooms. That seems like a great learning lesson, especially at the age of like 19, to be able to take all that in. That definitely probably has been transfused, as you said, to helping you launch Topicals. If you look at yourself, like how do you feel like you've grown from that launching of that business to Topicals? And like how do you plan and want to grow for your next business? I think the big thing I've learned about building teams and like just understanding personalities, understanding people, and obviously you can always evolve and get better and work hard to understand people. But I think having empathy is like the number one thing I've grown in. I've, I feel like I've always been an empathetic person, but like intention versus how you um, come off to people is really important. So always learning on how to be empathetic to people. I think people spend a lot of their time at work. And so, so many people make work so miserable for people and that's like a large part of their life and so I try to work really hard at topicals for people to enjoy the work that they do right so either you know sometimes you're hiring for a specific role but someone comes to you and maybe they're not great for that role but they have qualities or they have you know characteristics that can be helpful in another role and so I've come to understand that instead of creating roles and having people fit into them, you create roles that fit people because then you get the best work out of them. Then people are excited to do the work. They have fresher ideas. I think that's the number one thing I've learned. And then number two thing is about rest, which I did not rest at all in college. Like I was Afro grad staff. I was doing like track at UCLA. I was pre-med. I was doing so many things. Yeah, that is um, definitely a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm like learning how to do one thing at a time. I think like senior year really taught me that. There was like so many things I was doing and I feel like I wasn't doing anything well because I was like only giving everything a little bit of my time. And so after graduation, that's why I was really like, I'm not going to take the consulting offer because I need to focus. I need to like train my mind and train myself to like want one thing really, really bad and work really hard at that one thing and see what happens in a year or two years. And then from then decide like, okay, maybe I do need to diversify and do something else. 
Oh, I loved everything that you just said from taking people as they are and seeing what they naturally can bring to your brand instead of trying to fit them into a box, you know? I feel like throughout college, you know, we're taught, get these major jobs and these major roles at these top tier companies, you know, and fit into what they need instead of, you know, having or being told to just be ourselves and bring as much as we can to the table and see if that works, you know, or is that or if that's even enough. So super, super amazing that you're doing that. And then I also resonated hella when you said doing one thing at a time. Like we don't have to do a million things, you know, and stretch ourselves so thin just to say that, you know, we're our hands are in a million different buckets when it's like are any of these buckets, you know, really bearing the amount of fruit that you envision them to? And the answer is no, because you really haven't been able to fully pour all of yourself into those things. So that's why it's like so important to be patient with yourself and to genuinely invest in yourself in a strategic way and to take your time. So with that and learning so much about, you know, your work ethic and, you know, your love for acquiring knowledge and research, what would you say your top books are that have influenced, you know, your business and, you know, all that you have accomplished thus far? Yes, I have three books that I recommend everyone read in this order. So I recommend people read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And then the next book is Hitmakers, um, which basically is a continuation of The Tipping Point. And then the third book is Obsessed. I think those three books, if you read them, they will shape your mind in a way that you will look at the your business and the problem you're trying to solve the community the customer in a completely different way and i think that's what's so exciting about reading and taking in knowledge is like your thoughts get shaped in a new way that allow you to see opportunity where maybe you didn't see it before that's fire i think that's that's definitely the ability for entrepreneurs to be able to see like potential in something that everyone else doesn't see quite yet and then being able to take that small bit and build it out into something extremely beautiful that everyone can use or be accessible. I think that's really, honestly, like the landscape of, of business in today is really being able to find, like you said, like untapped markets, untapped audiences, untapped stories, like being able to, to see that, that, hey, this does not include these people or this viewpoint. And then how do I go about doing that in a way that has integrity and also allows them to keep their humanity? I think that's exactly what Topicals is doing. I am glad that that is resonating and showing externally because I think sometimes I'm so detail oriented that maybe people don't see every little piece that we put into it. But it's really exciting to read like tweets or Instagram comments of people saying like, oh, I noticed this thing about the brand. I'm really happy that they do this or like I've never seen a brand think about it in this way. So I'm, I'm glad that a lot of the work that we've put in to make this brand resonate with people actually truly does resonate with them. No, for sure. And I think I have like two like very simple last questions. One of them was about the need to settle down and do one thing. Do you feel like that's helped out topicals? I know like earlier you were saying like, and sometimes even for the people who are listening, wanting to build a brand, you want to do so many things first. But I think there is, I, even I'm learning this great value in, in settling down and just focusing on that one thing. Even from the check-in, it was like, yo, I need to be consistent in this one thing. Sometimes it feels like we have to be doing so many things, but there is value in being able to just be like, you know what? I'm going to focus on this one thing and do it very well. I guess, how has that played out for you? Like being able to settle down and just focus on that one thing. I have the um, propensity to want to do multiple things at one time. And so I have to force myself to do one thing at a time. While high level, I don't think in your life or even in 
a certain age range, you have to do only one thing. Like you can be very multifaceted. You can be a multi-hyphenate, but I think you can only be a multi-hyphenate once you've mastered one thing. And master doesn't have to mean like you've been doing it for 20 years and you're the best in the game. You just have to get it to a level where if you were to hand this off to someone else to manage, you could still lead with vision in that you know arena or that area. And I think so many people, they can't lead with vision in the area and then they're trying to move on to another one just because it looks lucrative. And so I think it's really important to start niche and start very focused, but always keeping your mind on the fact that you can switch into something else if A, that doesn't work out or B, you've mastered it. But it is really important to start at least with I'm going to do this one thing every day. There's so many people who say they want to, you know, write or direct or start a company or run a marathon. And when you ask them in six months, like, oh, what happened to this thing that you said you were going to do? They're like, oh, I never had time to do it. But literally, if you schedule in your calendar an hour to write or to train for that marathon, it starts to, you know, accumulate. And then all of a sudden you've put in like 500 hours over the year, or you've put in, you know, 200 hours over the year and you look back and think, oh, like this little small step, this one thing, like you said, Elson, that you were consistent with has actually blossomed into, okay, I've actually put in a lot of work. I agree. It's a a lesson I'm still learning. I'm still trying to beat into myself. Like, okay, cool. Like we could be doing a lot of things, Elson, but let's make sure that we focus on this one thing and get that done. It's a lesson that has kept reoccurring. It's been reoccurring in my life to focus on just one thing. I want to do so many things. I think mastering one thing first and then moving on is probably something I'm really looking forward to. Um, my last, basically last question for everyone who's listening as well, who wants to start businesses, like you said something about investors. And I know that we're talking about investing ourselves, but just in a, in a broader sense, like any tips on speaking with investors or trying to get someone to invest in your business? Investors are an interesting topic. Um, I think I love my investors. They are the absolute best. They've helped me through the highs and lows of of what it's like to build um, a fast growing business. I think it's really important to find people who are on the same wavelength as you, because while everyone is looking for investors, not every investor is the right type of investor. Like not every money is actually green. Like some money is dark or some money is not helpful or some money can also create more barriers for you than their opening doors. So I think it's really important to find people just like you do with like people you want to work with or hang with or, you know, have in your circle your investors, it's like a marriage, right? So when you take this investment money, they now own a percentage of your company, small percentage, right? You're still like the majority owner, but they still own a percentage of your company and have the ability to drive your business in a certain direction if they're not aligned with you as the founder. So the first step is to find the right people. I think it's also important to understand what is your end goal? Like, do you want to sell your company? Do you want to list it on the public stock exchange? Because when you take an investor on, they only make money when you either sell your company or you list it on the public stock exchange. And so if you know that those two things are not things you want to do, then you need to look at the type of investors you're looking to get. So angel investors or venture capital investors are going to be looking for those kind of exits. There are other investors who are investors who will do revenue share with you, which is I'll give you $5,000 today. And for the next year, I own 1% of your revenue and I get paid back that 1% of the revenue until my um, investment is paid back, I don't know, two or three times over, right? So there's different types of investors and you really want to understand which investor is better for you because an investor that requires an, an exit may not be the type of investor that you want. I think the last thing is really on 
showing passion and vision. I think so many people don't realize that when you're pitching investors, it's not because you've made a certain amount of revenue or you have a certain amount of contracts. And I think those things definitely help to pad it, but you can really sell an investor on an idea on the back of a napkin if you can pitch it to this person and make them believe that this is going to be the next biggest trend, the next like largest business or, you know, revenue producing business that they've seen, like a new idea, right? Um, But I think so many people get bogged down by like, oh, well, is my branding the best? Or, you know, even is my product the best? And those things don't always matter because there's so many people who can build a better mousetrap. But if you can't sell or market or show people why this mousetrap is going to be the mousetrap to end all mousetraps, then you're just another one of the people coming to pitch them for money. Wow. Wow. I think that was... This is (laughs) one-on-one. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, I feel like lately I've been trying to do more research and figure out from, like, you know, the podcast and different, I like, ventures that I'm trying to establish is, like, how to, you know pitch our brand and pitch and get these investors and things like that. So no, this, I had to take notes because I needed, I needed this alignment and like reassurance of like, you know, we don't have to have, you know, a million and one listens in order to pitch our idea and for it to still be good and just as worthy of, you know, that money or that partnership. So no, dropping gems and I am taking notes. So thank you for that. Of course, of course. Honestly, I just talk. People say I talk in metaphor a lot and I kind of do it, but I think it's because I read books that make me think of these kinds of things. But again, I love I reading because I can see that you can. It's it's just like it's wild what actually is possible when, again, your your thoughts are just oriented in a specific way around a topic. You can really just start seeing holes everywhere and then start plugging them in with like very interesting like ways that you see the world, right? Like we think about Issa Rae and Insecure, like no one had written a story about an awkward black girl. Like everyone had written stories about black girls, but there were always like struggle stories or, you know, stories that were all about like racism or slavery. And she was like, I'm just going to write a story about an awkward black girl. And, you know, it may not seem revolutionary on face level, but then when you watch the show, you're like, wow, this is a lot more relatable than a slavery movie or a movie about racism or, you know, all those different things. So I think, Everyone is always trying to complicate stuff and make it seem like all the best ideas are super obscure. But really, if you can just quiet your thoughts and really orient your mind in a way that's open, you can turn a basic kind of idea into like the next big success. You're really speaking to me right now. You're really speaking to me. And I, I really appreciate that. Because like, it's also like this theory in like, I guess like in, in the tech world, like UX, UI, that also this idea like just putting all the best ideas together does not always make something the best. It is really about finding like that one simple thing and really doing that really well and making that the best or having one idea and building that out. Because like you can have an app that has all these great features, but it overcomplicates a lot of stuff. Sometimes the simple route is just the best way to go. And with that, we're going to, you know what I'm saying, move on over to our speed round. I think Ash got the first question. You want to ask that first question? Yes. Okay. First question is, what are your top three skincare brands? And you can self-plug as well. Um, I love Topicals. Like that is one of my favorite skincare brands because it's my skincare brand. Um, But also because I really like the products. Both Like Butter and Faded are really effective. Sunscreen is super important. And I think a lot of people should be wearing it. I love Black Girl Sunscreen. And 
There's a hair care brand that I really like called Bread Beauty Supply. Mava is super awesome. Pitched to Sephora and got into Sephora before she even launched a product, which is like unheard of. And she's not a celebrity. So it's like super unheard of to like be a regular person and get your products into Sephora before they've even been on the market for like anyone to even see if they like them. But I love um, her shampoo and conditioner, particularly her shampoo is so good for like tight curly textures. Um, so I, I love Bread Beauty Supply. Lit, lit, lit. All right, next question. If you had to choose a theme song for your life, what would it be? I'm in a phase right now where I'm obsessed with Moneybag Yo. Like, I'm obsessed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I really like Moneybag Yo. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, obviously the songs are, are pretty vulgar, but like, Time Today, that's, that is I heard a, you. I'm feeling you. I, I feel you. I I'm feel here you. for it. Yeah. I'm not mad at you for that one. <laughs> okay, next question. What are you currently watching? I'm like really into like TV shows right now, like studying TV shows. So I just started Suits. My friend put me onto Suits. I really love Insecure. I binged watched over like the last month. I don't know how I watched 12 seasons of this show, Bones. Um, I really like Bones and I'm not even into like, yeah, I'm not even into shows like that, but I really like the character development of like Temperance and um, Seeley Booth. Like that was a, a a good show. That's like really what I'm watching right now. All right, last question. Biggest mistake that turned out to be a blessing? That is a great, what's the biggest one? I just feel like you make mistakes literally every single day and somehow God makes them work in my favor. But I think, I mean, Elson, you probably know this. There was like a brand before Topicals that was like Topicals 1.0 almost called Skin Static. And I felt like it was such a failure um, because that the premise of that brand that we've rebranded and ended up becoming topicals because part of the brand was right but the other part wasn't was um around technology and devices like skincare devices and while people like the devices why it was a failure in my mind was there wasn't really like the technology was this shiny thing but there wasn't really like a relationship building between the company and the customer and the brand only lasted for maybe like six months before we were like, okay, topicals is really where we should go. This is like chronic skin conditions where we can really build a relationship and build great product versus just building the shiniest toy. And it was very much a blessing because topicals is now, you know, growing and we were able to really understand the customer. But I actually think people should build like mini brands before they build their big brand because you can learn so much sometimes when you have like a hypothesis about the customer, but you don't really know. So instead of like going all out, finding ways like smaller, cheaper ways to test out your idea before like, you know, again, investing all the money in it is really important lesson that I learned. I think that's great advice. I think, yeah, definitely. Again, it's the message of the series, honestly, really just start small and build out. You don't have to start too big, too great. Like you're going to get there, but really just start where you're at with what you have and make the best of that. And then just if you can do that daily and make that into a habit and make that into a process which you're devoted to, then like you said, things will start falling things falling into place and happening before no time. And like, it'll probably be greater than you can imagine because like really the consistency and the discipline is what's really rewarded beyond just the great idea is really having the work ethic to, to back that up. And I think that's exactly what you have, Lamine. It's like from watching you and understanding like all the different endeavors you do, I think really what sets you apart and what makes you different from other people, I think, and just other brands is just your ability to work really hard and put your mind something and then make sure it happens. Like you just get it done. Like your dad said, and that's what you're doing now. You're getting it done. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for being here with us and dropping gems and just speaking to us. And we really appreciate it. Even when you're on vacay, you know what I'm saying? It's still working a little bit, but I hope it's, you know, 
great to have some time to yourself and it's full of laughter. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley Elson. This was really fun. Like sometimes I hear myself talk and I'm like, man, I should really listen to myself. <laughs> like, actually, I should take my own advice sometimes. Um, but I, I'm so glad that we were able to do this. And thank you again for having me. I feel honored. Of course. It was an honor having you. Nah, that was such a good episode. Nah, she oh came through and really put us on. Like she really gave no, us a business, real. a crash business course in like five minutes. No, seriously, like the investment part, like or how to and talk to investors. I was like, oh, that's where we are next, you know, like so it was really dope how she gave a little bit for like all the different stages that people may be at. So and that's coming that from good. a businesswoman of all businesswomen. You know what I'm saying? Like she got a topical. She <laughs> said she's getting more businesses, soda business. You know what I'm saying? She's raising millions of dollars like she so that she's the real deal. If y'all really are interested in creating a business, make sure to really go follow her and really. You know what I'm saying? Keep up to date. For sure. But, you know, last week I messed up on Elson's end with voice to the culture. <laughs> and <thought> of the people. <laughs> yes, please so, redeem yourself. <laughs> so I'll redeem myself. So let me re-say it. Let's rewind. Right. All right. So that was actually a really good rewind, if I must say so myself. <laughs> that felt really professional. <laughs> oh, cry. Alright, so right now we're about to hop into voice of the wait, culture. Wait, wait, how are you gonna take it if I just because I was, I was supposed to throw it? it? I was supposed to throw it to you. You see how you're messing up again? But I what if I culture, threw it to you, you this time? But why can't I say voice of the culture and you say power to the people? Because I'm trying to see if you're paying attention. Else did you messed <laughs> up last up time to redeem yourself? You have to you have to do it the same thing the right way. So okay. we're about to hop into voice of the culture. Power to the people. A little delayed, but it's okay. Um, but Elson, not. <laughs> did you watch the Oscars this past week? I did, and you know, my girl won an Oscar. I actually, I did see that. I did see that. That actually was pretty fire. I saw it on Twitter because I, I don't, I didn't really. You know what I'm saying watch the Oscars, but mm. I was. It really wasn't happy. much to watch. I was just waiting for her to win. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I actually like the. Um, everyone was kind of talking about the homage that was paid. By um her wearing something similar to like what Prince wore, and I thought mm-hmm. that that was really cool. Like I thought the intention behind that was really dope. Yeah, no, shout out to Wari, Wari, and her like just her entire team. Nina, Marissa, they be making her look, you know, like a whole meal. So, <laughs> and she did that. Nice. And Tara Thomas too got an Oscar. I'm saying like she's on the writing. Yes. Like shout out to the whole team, just everybody, like everybody getting their due shine. That's what's up. Yeah, no, I think that was really dope. I just think. Just all the diversity in the amount of people who won was nice to see and slightly refreshing. And a lot of the outfits were bomb. Like, not just oh, her yeah, yeah, outfit or sure. Tierra's outfit. Everybody came out looking so fly. Like, not just her or Tierra. Like, everyone was looking Oh, no, Tierra's so that, that white suit with the, with the fringe was actually popping. I was like, heard you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I rock with that. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, he was making noise on Twitter, too. Regina King. There's just so many people mm-hmm. that was just, oh, how we, we can't forget Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, Daniel won his first Oscar, which was dope, you know, mm-hmm. from like Black Mirror to Get Out to now being an Academy Award winning actor, which I didn't know, actually, Academy Award and Oscar were the same thing. You learn something new every day. I just recently yeah. put that together. I was like, oh, wait, that's, they're using that. I was like, that's odd. They're using Academy Award in the same day as the Oscars. 
light bulb. Those are hey, synonyms. Ding, <laughs> ding. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's dope that, you know, I'm thinking like, I'm definitely gonna try to hop into some of the movies, like watch some of the movies that were chosen and awarded with the oscars they, since they do such a wide range of movies a lot of them that get nominated i'm like i've never seen before so it definitely like when i watch i'm like oh i have a whole another list of things to check out and for me to decide whether or not i think that those were worth winning oscars or not that's a, that's yes. a fact yeah i'm like <laughs> let me go ahead and do my own research let me see what i think about this movie but not yet exactly. right, that's be interesting if i got movies yeah. for us let us know what y'all watching let us know what y'all, you know what I'm saying? What y'all tune into for those like, two yeah. hours? But other than movies or other than Hollywood, Elston, <laughs> you got any music for us this week that you've been, you know, I do, to? I do, I do. Shelly, formerly known as Drum, came out with a tiny desk and his album dropped recently. First off, the tiny desk is fire. Super fire. The first song, Exposure. I would give y'all a little bit of it, but I'm not. But what I will say is that <laughs> the songwriting was beautiful. I was hopping into the shower and I turned back like, what? Like, what is this? Like, this is some heat. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's how um, someone just said me I gotta, I gotta also agree because Elson sent that to me a few days ago when I was trying to unwind. <laughs> I was like, oh my it's gosh. A it's a vibe. It's a vibe. He's super talented. Super talented. I, I like to cha-cha. Hey, remember that? That was yes. big. And then also Broccoli. That was a song. Broccoli was a good song too. Like the music has really just been re- really refreshing. I also want to say that her really ate on DJ Khaled's album. Someone sent me that song just today and I was like, wait, hold up. Did you like it? She was really in her bag. She was saying things she got to take to the grave. We saw a whole, a whole new, we're hearing a whole new side of her. Like, I'm just like, okay, yeah. talk it, talk it. You know what I'm saying? Talk yeah, what you got to talk. Had- Two features on DJ Khaled's project, and she also dropped for herself a single called "Come Through" with Chris Brown. Chris Breezy was, was phenomenal, and she's I on drums. Say. Um, what's the name too? Is she? She's on the album. Yeah. She's on one of the songs that he performed on Tiny Desk. I was listening, I'm like, wait, hers on this too? Like, she's really been in her bag. Like, she's really been working super hard. I'm like, yo, she been on feet. Like, she like the R and B Nicki Minaj now, just being on all types of features. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's not a song unless her is on it. So that's all I got to say. I feel that I'm trying to think if there's anything like any other songs or any other artists that just came out with something. Oh, no, yo, I got one. So I was on Instagram scrolling and, you know, I love the UK. I can't wait to go visit the UK. Um, Miss Banks, Jules, Kitta Kuz, I don't know, um, Light to Dance. She stuffed, yo. Stepped in, looking like a painting, but to get your buddy on site. Yo, it's about to be a, that's a summer jam. That's a summer, yo, it's, uh, when I tell you that thing is fire, she said some other stuff, you can go listen to it, it's, it's, it's straight fire. The video fire too, so go check that out. I will. You guys missed it. Elson's been singing this song for a cool <laughs> minute during our break. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure I go listen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now her flow is crazy. Like, I'm, I'm surprised I got that on the first, you know what I'm saying? That's professional status, but we're not going to talk about that. I think we're going to talk about some television and some movies that are oh, coming facts. out. Like me um, finishing Snowfall in a week. That's that's kind of Oh my god. wild. That was four seasons, so 10 episodes each season, hour per episode. Like that's, That was some time. 
see now you can see how i was binge watching shows it's, yeah but not blacklist come on now you i know he was not okay, binging like no, he was not watching I, blacklist like that yes i was she went from like season three to season seven in like two days i was like you're lying no i didn't you're it was lying. like a good week and i'm actually on season eight right now catching up on the final season so definitely it's like, it's like, the, like the actual end of it the actual final final yeah. season mm-hmm. you know what i might go ahead and watch it because i'm like i just i couldn't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel I just couldn't well, see the finish. Well, now you can it. look. It's it seems like a lot. Okay. It seems like it's good, but it's. I think they, they dragging it a little bit. That's my. That's my. Uh, just critique. a tad, but I don't mind the drag. <laughs> <laughs> I love a long series. I love Grey's Anatomy. I've been obsessed. If my you don't mom watch is Grey's obsessed Anatomy, with Grey's Anatomy. She's obsessed with Shonda Rhimes. Like anything Shonda Rhimes, she likes that. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend that. I also watched them. Lena Waite's new show which is really intense oh my gosh um i thought it was a movie i I I didn't know it was a show no it's 10 episodes i got through eight and i had to stop because i and i i don't think i will return like i don't need to know how it ends type of thing because it's so intense and like just oh it's heavy so if you like the type of stuff get it get at it okay but if that is not your wave i do not recommend it's made amazing like the cinematography phenomenal you know just the attention to detail phenomenal but the whole concept and plot very heavy, heavy. so <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah you know what else is also good uh, you don't you don't watch tv shows like that but behind her eyes that was a, that was a, a pretty good like quick watch how are you gonna tell me i don't watch tv shows i love tv but you don't is there certain genres you don't like mm, like i think i have a very i have a very specific genre that i like like very netflix tells me very cerebral like mystery crime like you know what i'm saying like that's like top boy you know what i'm saying but you don't really like those kind of stuff like money heist Mm. i binge watch i binge watch money heist too you know what i'm saying you don't be getting my credit but i watch good tv like i watch good when i do watch tv i watch the main things he talks about is money heist and top boy okay the fact that he has (laughs) and the way that i'm learning his horizon let me tell you i'm I'm on a new wave i'm learning spanish now like I'm watching Destinos, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just a little bit for y'all. Okay, Elson, you guys know what, what to recommend <laughs> to him. Um, <laughs> he's trying to be, you know, bilingual, which I think is a beautiful thing. And bilingual, bi-coastal, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, how can I not learn it's, Spanish if I'm going to be in New York and L.A.? That has very two, you know what I'm saying? Two great Spanish-speaking populations. So I feel like I could just up my experiences in those two places if I could speak Spanish. You know, I will be praying for that for you. you. (laughs) I will be a local local. To uh, another movie that's actually coming out, I think today, or maybe it's tomorrow, is Without Remorse, which is Michael B. Jordan's new movie that's coming out, which I'm excited to watch because I feel like I've been waiting for it because I thought it was going to be March 31st, but it's actually April 30th. So I'm happy it's here. I'm excited to watch. You guys should check it out too. It's an action film. So it seems like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody got a lot of content. We gave them a lot of content. You know what I'm saying? Go listen to some yeah. new music, watch some new TV shows, some new movies. There's a lot to get into, but that's it for me, really. I'm 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 really happy with this episode. This, this was dope. This was cool. Wait, wait, wait. We also got to plug more? our black business that was just on earlier. Oh, for sure. So for sure. Let's hop to that. Check out Topicals at mytopicals.com. 
we have two products right now, Faded, which is a brightening and clearing gel for dark spots and discoloration, and Like Butter, which is a hydrating mask for dry, sensitive, eczema-prone skin. Both products are available at our website, mytopicals.com, or on sephora.com. You can also follow me at Alamide A. Aloe on all social platforms. First name O-L-A-M-I-D-E, middle initial A, last name O-L-O-W-E amazing make sure you guys <laughs> check her out she is phenomenal check out topicals you know go show them some love go I buy some, some get products. your skin right get your mind right yes yeah, some of their products might be sold out but you know get on that wait list you can be first to know and first to stock up but that's all we got for y'all i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and a series let us know how the series how you love the series all right y'all bye peace <laughs>